Hello, welcome to the Spirit of Praise broadcast coming to you from Tabernacle of Praise Church International, York, South Carolina. I'm Bishop Alfred Jackson. I'm thankful that you've tuned in today. I pray that the message uh, will bless you and impact your life in a powerful way. Again, thank you for tuning in. Enjoy the message. Yes, the Lord has been good, so good to you and me. Bless the name of Jesus, hallelujah. Glory to the name of God, hallelujah. Amen, amen. From our, from our scripture that was read this morning, specifically focusing in on Mark chapter 1, verses 14 and 15, uh, and I'm going to just read it again. Uh, the NIV says, and John was, after John was put in prison, Jesus went into Galilee proclaiming the good news of God. The time has come, he says. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. Several other translations will say, repent and believe in the gospel. Repent and believe in the gospel. And you will hear me reference that as I go through the message today, believe in the gospel. Most of our references of the scriptures today will be from the NIV, however. So from this thought, from these scriptures, and I know we've been here for the third time, uh, we will stay here until the Lord moves us further. But today, the Lord has, has impressed upon my heart this message for you today. Decisive actions in response to a decisive moment. Decisive actions in response to a decisive moment. Father, thank you for this opportunity to stand in this holy place to proclaim your holy word. I solely depend on you, Lord. I look to you for your fresh anointing so that I will minister under your anointing and that we will also hear under your anointing so that yokes will be removed, will be destroyed from our lives and burdens removed. Speak to us, Lord, for we need to hear from you. We yield to you, Father. We yield to you. Be glorified. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Hallelujah. Decisive actions in response to a decisive moment. Glory to God. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Our message uh, for the last three Sundays and even, and even during Holy Convocation has referenced Kairos, Kairos, as it relates to Christ's beginning his ministry in Galilee. He proclaimed the time not chronological time, but a decisive moment in time. Uh, the time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe in the gospel. Repent and believe in the gospel. Christ coming into this world and beginning his ministry after John had been given over uh, to be imprisoned was clearly the fulfillment of prophetic hope in the time of messianic deliverance. It's clearly the fulfillment of prophetic hope in the time of messianic deliverance. 
if, if the decisive moment had arrived, that meant that to be a part of the effects, to be a part of the benefits and the engagements of that moment, actions needed to be taken on the part of those who heard, those who read about or, or in other ways were informed about this decisive moment. Understanding divine providence helps us to know that one doesn't have to be uh, present at that exact moment to benefit from God's interactions with mankind. One simply uh, has, had to uh, has only had to receive the notification and respond appropriately. If I get the word, glory to God, and respond to it appropriately, I can take it that I am included in that divine interaction. You see, the fulfillment of prophetic hope in the time of messianic deliverance was not simply for the Jews of first century Palestine. It wasn't. As Peter says in Acts chapter 2, uh, verse 39, speaking of the Holy Spirit, who is the Spirit of Jesus Christ coming into the world, he says, the promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. So the promise is for me. I wasn't there when the promise was made. I'm one of those who were far off. And if you don't think I was a far off, then I'm also one of those whom the Lord our God has called. And let me tell you, you never come to Jesus unless the Lord initiates the call. Amen? Even today, because Christ is still present with us in the person of the Holy Spirit, prophetic hope is fulfilled, and we have access to and are recipients of messianic deliverance. Amen. Messianic deliverance. I want you to just focus in on that because folk are looking for deliverance in a lot of other places, but it's only going to come through Jesus Christ. Prophetic hope being fulfilled deal with the, deals with the hope that the nation of Israel was holding on to. Hope for the long-awaited Messiah, glory to God. That hope was fulfilled in Jesus Christ. That translated into God being true and God being trustworthy. A God of his word. What God promised, God fulfilled. That further translates, glory to God, into every promise of God being yes and amen in Jesus Christ. Paul states this in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20. For no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. Glory to God. And so through him, the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. Whatever God has promised in his word, to his covenant sons and daughters, or whatever God has promised in his word, those promise being promises being fulfilled are yes to us, and we should say amen. Hallelujah. God said it, that settles it. Amen. Can somebody say amen? When in worship, in prayer, or just in meditation, and you receive a word from the Lord, say amen to it. Glory to God. And because, because what God says, that is what God will do. Now, remember, please remember this, that God doesn't contradict himself. 
Amen? God doesn't contradict his character. God doesn't contradict his nature. So make sure that what you heard is from God. Amen. Hallelujah. Yes, in Christ, we have prophetic hope fulfilled. The prophetic hope is extended. That prophetic hope is extended to us as well. And not only that, but we also have access to messianic deliverance. Glory to God. In other words, we have access to the, to the deliverance that can only come through the Lord Jesus Christ, the anointed one to God's Messiah. Messianic deliverance means that Satan and all of his demons we've been delivered from. Amen? It means that the prison doors have been opened and the prisoners have access, amen, to that freedom in Christ Jesus. And isn't that what Jesus proclaimed in, 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 in Luke chapter 4, verses 18 through 21? Jesus was preaching, stood up in the synagogue, and he said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, is on me, because he has anointed me to preach the good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to release the oppressed and to proclaim the year of God's favor. Then he rolled up the scroll, he sat down, and he said, he said these words, today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. The deliverance that, that Christ came to provide for was not simply for first century Jews. It was for all who will come to Christ throughout the ages. Consequently, messianic deliverance is available for you and me today through Christ Jesus our Lord. Every act of healing in the New Testament speaks to messianic deliverance. So I was preparing this, the Lord just, uh, just had my mind rolling, and I, and I, and I, and I reflected on uh, Legion, amen, uh, the man in the, in the tomb that lived among the tombs. That spoke to messianic deliverance. God delivered him from all of those demons. Lazarus being raised from the dead. God, God delivered Lazarus. Messianic deliverance. We have access to that today. Glory to God. Amen. Amen. Satan, the prince, though the prince of the power of the air, has no power. Listen now. Satan has no power over the believer when we remain seated with Christ in the heavenly places. It's when we step out of our position. Listen now. It's when we step out of our place in Christ. It's then that we give power, uh, uh, give Satan power over our lives. Don't ever, don't ever lift another person, another human being up to be God's Messiah. Listen good church today. Listen good people today. Don't put another person in the place of God's Messiah. Messiah has already come. He was and is Jesus Christ of Nazareth, crucified, dead, buried, resurrected, and ascended into heaven. He now sits at the right hand of the Father and ever lives to make intercession for you and me. Nobody else takes his place. No government takes his place. No man takes his place. Donald Trump was never the Messiah. Donald Trump was never God's chosen person for this hour, except 
uh, he was used by God to bring judgment upon this land. God permitted things, and I think the church missed this. We missed God's permissive will, God's perfect will, and we fell into the trap of believing that his permissive will was what he wanted for the nations. He gave people what they wanted. If you're not careful, God will give you what you want. If you persist in your sins and your sinful ways, God will give you what you want. And he will give it to you. He will allow you to have it. He will allow you to have it in abundance. Not because he doesn't love you, but because you persist in your wickedness. Oh, that we would hear today. Now, now what God did in Christ Jesus by sending him into the world as a Messiah was a decisive moment in the history of God's dealing with humankind. It settled the issue of the unfulfilled prophecies of the Old Testament, and it produced a definite benefit to those who would receive and respond appropriately. That's the reason. That's the reason that Peter and John, when they went up to the temple at the hour of prayer that day, you, you know the account in the Bible, Amen. And, 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 and that, 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 that lame man was healed when they responded to the Jewish authorities, to the high priests and, and, and to their officials because they had put them in prison and they were questioning him. They said to them, it is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead, that this man stands before you healed. This Jesus is the stone that you builders rejected, which has become the cornerstone. Salvation exists in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to men whereby we must be saved. Hallelujah. And we see other instances of that in the Bible, that Jesus, that Jesus, glory to God, was the fulfillment of prophetic hope and provides messianic deliverance. And Peter and John proclaimed it that day. Amen. All of this was fulfilled and manifested in Jesus Christ. And because it was a decisive act of God, it requires, listen good now, it requires a decisive action or decisive actions on the part of those who are the intended benefactors. Are you listening? We cannot afford to ignore what God has done in Jesus Christ and expect to be accepted by God. Oh, that the world would hear this today. And some in the church need to hear this today because we want to change the gospel. We want to make the gospel to be what it is not. Amen. We cannot afford to ignore what God has done in Jesus Christ and expect to be accepted by God. We can't afford to be nonchalant about the actions required in response to what God has done. We cannot afford to keep quiet about Jesus Christ and what God is doing in and through him for humankind today. A decisive moment in history of God's dealing with mankind requires decisive actions on the part of those who are the benefactors on our part. Not tomorrow, but now. Not tomorrow, but now. The Lord says the time is now. Amen. The time 
is now. You know, I was, I was thinking coming over here, not to be careful because I don't want to go too far off, off this morning, but I was thinking coming over here about how the church puts a lot of emphasis on what you need and you being fulfilled. I know we live in a, we live in a strange age. Amen. We live in an age where children are raised getting everything they want. And when they don't get what they want, they throw tantrums. Amen. And they tell their mom and their dad, I hate you. I hate you. I hate you. You know, and they go into all of these things because we give. God has not given you what you want. Amen. God has given an assignment on your life. Glory to God. I know that all the promises of God are yes and amen, but they're in Jesus Christ. And we've got to come back to the place. We've got to come back to the understanding that God has an assignment on our lives, and it is the work of God that is most important. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. So in response, uh, glory to God. Hallelujah. To what God has done in Jesus Christ, it requires decisive actions on our part. In the gospel, in Mark, amen, Christ says, in response to what God has done, that it requires two things of the people. They are repent and believe in the gospel. Believe in the gospel. Repent. Make a decision. Make a decisive break from your unbelief. Change. Turn from your unbelief. Okay? The second thing he says must be done is that a person must start, a person must believe in the gospel. It's interesting that, that most translation says, Believe in, believe in. By using the word believe in, he's calling for people to make a response and a commitment to the gospel. Make a response and a commitment to the gospel. Now, I'll come back to this, but in, this, in, 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 the, in, the, in the understanding of this text, the gospel is Jesus and the gospel is Jesus' message, right? So what he's saying is you got to make a response and a commitment to Jesus and to his message, all right? So you need to read his message because you're making a response to him because he is the embodiment of the gospel, right? And from him, his message proceeds, all right? Hallelujah. So when I read that again, the Holy Spirit pricked my heart and said that there are two decisive actions that people need to take in response to what God did in this Kairos moment, because this was a Kairos moment after John was put in prison. Jesus came and began this ministry. It was a Kairos moment, two decisive actions that people need to take in response to what God did in that moment. One is for the non-believer. The other is for the believer. So we're just dealing with two categories today, all right? Two points of the message. For the believer, listen now, saints of God, for the believer, for those of us who have heard the gospel message, for those of us who repented, for those of us who believe in the gospel, in Jesus and his message, for those of us who put our trust in Jesus and his message, 
our decisive action must be to engage in the proclamation of that message. That's our decisive action. Now listen, a decisive action is one you take once and for all. It is an immediate decision that you take once and for all. You stop slacking. Amen. You stop wasting time. Glory to God. Now listen, it's wonderful to be saved. It's wonderful to have opportunities to learn more and more and more about Jesus. It's wonderful to enjoy worship, glory to God, and all of the prophetic words that we get. Amen? However, Jesus didn't come simply for us to enjoy the trappings of church and religion. He called us and sent us to work in the spiritual harvest fields of this world. You know the scriptures. As Jesus challenged his disciples, he's challenging you and me today to see the urgency of the hour and the need to get to work. In John chapter 4, right after Jesus finishes ministering to the Samaritan woman, remember when Jesus was even going there, he said, I need to go. One scripture translation says, I need to go through Samaria. It was not on his path to get to where he was going. But he said, I need to go through Samaria. How many of you ever had a sense of a need to do something? God wakes you up early in the morning and there's somebody laid on your heart. Amen. Don't just go back to sleep. Don't just dismiss it. There is a need. Amen. You're going somewhere and God says, go somewhere. There's a need. Don't dismiss that thought. Glory to God. Amen. Jesus said, I, I need to go to Samaria. And so, so uh, he went out of his way to minister to that woman. And afterwards, you know, and I can't tell the whole story this morning. You can go back and read it. And when his disciples came back, they're going into town to buy food. They came back and they were offering him food. In John chapter 4, verses 34 and 35, this is what Jesus said. He said, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Hmm. Don't you have a saying, it's still four months unto harvest? I'll te I tell you, open your eyes and look at the fields. They are ripe. They are ripe for harvest. What Jesus said, you can't wait four months. You can't wait until the pandemic is over. I know we have to practice social distances. I know we have to wear our masks, but we still can't wait until the pandemic is over. You can't wait for a more convenient time. The time is now. The crop is ready to be harvested. And he says to, as he, and he says to us, his disciples today, John, glory to God, chapter 21, verse 21b, as the Father has sent me, even so I send you. We've been sent, saints of God. Again, he says in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem, in all Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the world. Amen? Don't wait for a title. Mm. This is not about title. This is not about position. 
It's not about the pastor appointing you to be on the evangelism team. No, 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 no. It's not about the pastor allowing you to now walk in the anointing that you've been called to. It's not about, glory to God, you fulfilling your men. Don't wait for a prophetic word from a prophet. You're getting a prophetic word every time you read the Bible. That's where we're going astray at sometimes. We're waiting for some man to prophesy over our lives, and the Lord has already spoken. The word of God is prophetic. The word of God is now. Glory to God. Don't wait for a prophetic word from the prophet. Don't wait for the evangelism team. Don't wait for a stage. Don't wait for a platform. Don't wait Glory to God, to be released into ministry. So you're called reverend, or, or elder, or minister, or apostle, or prophet. Glory to God. This is not about title. Go and proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. People need the good news today while the church is caught up in titles. The church is caught up in running, amen, after positions. The church is, tied up, tied, is caught up in running after a man. You need to be running after Jesus. People need prophetic hope today. People need prophetic messianic deliverance today. The government can't deliver you. Money can't deliver you. Your family can't deliver you. Only Jesus. Somebody say only Jesus. Hallelujah. I'm reminded of a couple of old hymns. Amen. One of them says, a charge to keep I have, a God to glorify who gave his son my soul to save and fit it for the sky to serve this present age, my calling to fulfill. Oh, may it all my power engage to preach, to, to, to do my master's will. Another one says, go preach my gospel, said the Lord. Build the whole earth, my grace receive. You shall be, he shall be saved, you trust my word. And he condemned who will not believe. It's time for us to go, glory to God. It's time for us to proclaim the gospel message. So if you're already a believer, make a decisive decision to act now. Make a decisive decision to proclaim the gospel wherever you are now. Amen? Now, the decisive action for the non-believer is to do what the believers did at one point in their lives. Repent and believe in the gospel. For any non-believer that's on, that's on this, uh, that's watching this message today, for any of you who have doubts about Jesus, for any of you who are walking in deception, you got to hear the Lord speaking to you today. Repent and believe in the gospel. Repent. What do we say? Change. Turn from your non-belief. Turn from your lack of trust in Jesus and his message. See, see what, what people have gotten off at is that in, in, in today's world, people are equating uh, the message of Jesus to the church. People are equating the message of Jesus to the church, and they're looking at the church, and they're not seeing Jesus. Mm. You got to go back to seeing Jesus. You got to go back to the message of Jesus. We are supposed to be proclaimers of the gospel. We are supposed to be Jesus' message, but we don't replace the message. Turn to Jesus. Trust in him. Hallelujah. Trust in what he said concerning him being the Messiah, him being the one who saves. 
once you do, listen now, once you do, the Holy Spirit will begin to open your, the eyes of your understanding. The Holy Spirit will begin to open up your mind so that you understand more. But while you're rejecting Jesus, while you're mad at the church, while you're rejecting the church and you, you're allowing the church to replace Jesus, you're going to miss what God is doing in Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. You got to repent and believe in him. Repent and trust in him. I'm not saying repent and trust in me. I can't save you. If there is any pastor, if there is any prophet, if there is any apostle that's telling you to trust in him, then that prophet is a liar. That pastor is a liar. That pastor is a deceiver. We must point people to Jesus. Jesus is the only one who saves. Jesus is the only one who delivers. Glory to God. Jesus is the only one God has given. Whew. Glory to the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Yeah, here's the good news. Hallelujah. Here's what you've been looking for. Glory to God. Like the woman at the well. Whew. Glory to the name of Jesus. Who have been looking for fulfillment in different men. When she was talking to Jesus, Jesus said, go call your husband. She said, I don't have one. He says, that's right. You've had five, and the one you're with now is not your own. Hallelujah. You can't find fulfillment in sex. You can't find fulfillment in people. You cannot find ultimate fulfillment in anything you do in this world apart from Jesus Christ. You're not going to find it in your marriage. You're not going to find it in your education. You're not going to find it in your money. If you try, there's always going to be an emptiness that's not fulfilled. And some people say you're going to always have an itch that you can't scratch. Oh, my goodness. You will not find fulfillment in life in any other person or any other thing. You only find it in Jesus. Jesus is the only one given. He's the only one given to which we find salvation. John 14 and 6 says, Jesus says, I am the way the truth, and the life. Hallelujah. No man comes to the Father except through me. God is the one who gives fulfillment in Jesus. You can't get there any other way. Hallelujah. I don't care how, how much money you have. I don't care about the color of your skin. I don't care about which political party you are tied to. I don't care about your cultural background. You can't get fulfillment any other way except through Jesus Christ. Acts 4 and 11, the Bible says salvation exists in no one else, for there is no other name given among heaven whereby we must be saved. It's the name of Jesus. Salvation is not in Buddha. Salvation, glory to God, is not in Hare Krishna. Krishna. Listen, black folk, salvation is not in the Hebrew Israelites, glory to God. Hallelujah. Salvation is not in Donald Trump. Listen, you far wing, right wing, left wing, or whatever wing Republicans. Salvation is not in the Republican Party. Salvation is not in Democrats. Salvation is not in the church that you are a member of. Salvation is only in Jesus Christ. Revelation chapter 13 verse 8, Jesus is the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. Amen. He's the only one God has given. Romans chapter 3 verses, verse 5, the first part of it says, God presented Jesus Christ as a sacrifice of atonement. Hallelujah, that word them is propitiation as a sacrifice of 
atonement or perpetuation through the shedding of his blood to be received by faith. 1 John chapter 2, verse 2, Jesus, he is the perpetuation. He is the atoning sacrifice for our sins, and not only ours, but also for the sins of the whole world. 1 John, glory to God, chapter 4, verses 9 and 10 declares, this is how God has, what God's love was revealed among us. God sent us one and only son into the world so that we might live through him. And love consists in this, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as the atoning sacrifice, the perpetuation for our sins. Yes, saints, Jesus is the gospel. Jesus is the good news that the Jews had been waiting for for a long time. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 2 says, The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On thee, those living in the land in the shadow of death, a light has dawned. You have enlarged the nations. You have increased their joys. The people rejoice before you as they rejoice in the harvest time, as men rejoice in the dividing and dividing the plunder. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, of the increase of his government and peace that will be no end. He will reign on the throne of David and, and over his kingdom to establish it, to sustain it, glory to God, with justice and righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will accomplish this. The Jews were waiting on Jesus. He came and many of them missed. Many of them missed it. Many of them missed what God was doing in Jesus Christ. If you are not a believer today, don't miss what God has done and what God is doing in Jesus. Don't miss it. Don't miss it. Don't miss it. Don't miss the hope. Don't miss the deliverance that comes in Jesus because of your unbelief. Don't miss it. Don't miss it. When you don't believe in, in him, it automatically negates his message that you receive. Don't miss it. Don't miss it. Hallelujah. Don't miss God because you're fooled by, by false doctrine. Don't miss God because you're caught up in religion that is empty and taking you nowhere. Don't miss God because you're focused on politics or you're focused on social status. You're focused on, on, on race. Or, or Don't miss it because you're caught up in some cultural norms. Don't miss it just because you're just caught up in stupidity. Don't miss it. Now is the time to turn to Jesus. He is the Messiah. He is the Savior. Today is the day of salvation. If you don't know Jesus as your personal Savior and Lord, now is the time to take that decisive action. Now is the time to receive Jesus as your Savior and your Lord. The Lord 
the Lord is very clear about one thing, about everything. He's very clear about this thing. In Mark chapter 16, verse 6, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that does not believe shall be condemned or shall be damned. The time is now for you to take some decisive actions concerning your faith. The time is now for you to turn to Jesus and live. The time is now for us who believe to do the work of ministry. The time is now. The time is now. You see, there's going to come a day when every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess, that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God. But in that day, if you've not already accepted Jesus, it'll be too late for you. And that day, that's the acknowledgement of what Satan and everybody influenced by him have, been, have refused to acknowledge over time and eternity. But in that day, they would have to acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord. Don't wait. God is not, he, he, he's not going to bend in that day. He's not going to bend his rules to fit you in. Now is the day. Now is the time. Now, while there's breath in your body, now is the time to repent and believe in the gospel. You may not understand everything that there is to understand. I didn't either. But I believed one thing. And I heard that preacher preaching. On that Wednesday night in revival, I was 10 years old. And I heard the pastor preaching about Jesus. And he gave the invitation to give my life to Jesus. I didn't fully understand it all. But I walked down front, and I confessed to him. Back then, there were things that we didn't fully know, that I believe that Jesus died on the cross for my sins. It's been an unfolding life's journey to understand fully and to be able to explain it better to people, what it is to believe, to trust in the gospel. So you don't have to know everything there is to know. There are infallible proofs to show that Jesus is the Messiah. You may not learn them all over the course of the next five weeks. But one thing is sure. Jesus died on the cross for your sins. God raised him from the dead that you might have eternal life. Repent and believe in the gospel. Believe in Jesus. And as you receive his message, you will believe in his message. God bless you. This morning, I thank the Lord for the message today. I pray that, that it has been encouraging to you. I pray that you've been inspired. Decisive actions for a decisive moment in time. What God did was decisive. God did in Jesus was decisive. There's not another Messiah coming. There's not another Savior coming. 
Salvation is in no one else but Jesus. No one else. It's not in your good works. Only through faith and faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. What God did was decisive and it requires if you want to be a part of what God is doing, if you want the benefits, if you want the effects of being a part of God that are widespread, starts with accepting Jesus Christ as your Savior and your Lord. If you will do that today, if you want Jesus to be your Savior and to be your Lord, I want to pray with you. As I pray for you, I want every believer to really consider. You know, we believe, but what are we doing? I want every believer to really consider the decisive actions that we must take now. The time is now for us. The people in your family who the Lord has been impressing in your spirit to talk to about Jesus. You sow the seed. Holy Spirit will do the rest. Open your mouth. Don't let that person die in their sins without you having shared the gospel with them. Don't let that person go another day without you having shared the gospel with them. Don't worry about how they will respond to you. Share the gospel. Holy Spirit will guide you. Holy Spirit will inspire you. In that moment of faith and trust in him, he will give you the words that you need to say. So if you are an unbeliever, you've never accepted Jesus as Savior and Lord, the message to you today is repent and believe in the gospel. Pray this prayer with me. Lord Jesus, I've never accepted you as my Savior and my Lord. Thank you for reaching to me today and speaking to me. I acknowledge that I am a sinner I cannot save myself. You are the only one God has given to provide me salvation. Lord Jesus, come into my life. Save me from my sin. Right now, I yield my life to you. I want you to be my Savior, to be my Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for hearing me. Thank you for receiving me. Thank you for saving me. I receive my salvation. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, I often quote this scripture, but I'm going to
turn to it and make sure that I, I say it like the Bible says it. And of course, there are different translations. I believe it's John chapter 1, verse, hallelujah, verse number 11, verse number 12. He came to his own, his own did not receive him, but as many as received him, this is John 1 and 12, as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, to those who believe in his name, verse 13, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Remember Jesus said to, remember Jesus said to Nicodemus, you must be born again. So this is not a decision of, I'm not born again because of the bloodline that, that, that I come from. I'm not born again because my mama wanted me to be saved or my daddy wanted me to be saved. I'm not born again even because it was simply my will, but it's because it was God's will. It's my will to make the decision. God has already put in place that you be saved. It's because you have, from your will, accepted salvation. God's will is put in effect on your life. Believe the word. This is the message. Believe in the gospel. Well, that brings us to the end of the message for today. I pray that you've been blessed by the message. And if you have, write to us. Let us know how this message has impacted your life. Or if you've made a decision for Christ today to follow Jesus as your Savior and your Lord, write to us and let us know that as well and give us your information so that we can follow up with you. You may write to us at Tabernacle of Praise at msn.com that's tabernacle of praise at msn.com give us your email address or a way to contact you so that we can follow up with you also we would like for you to sow into this ministry if you've been blessed by this work by the preaching of the gospel and the teaching of the gospel and you would like to help further this cause we're not just preaching here in the United States. We are preaching around the world. Through this podcast, our messages are being heard in many places around the world. We are actively working in eight countries in the world, on the ground in Liberia, Malawi, Burkina Faso, Ghana, Guinea, uh, Kenya, and Dominican Republic. So if you'd like to help us in this work, feel free to sow a seed to help further the preaching and teaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ and the expanding of the kingdom of God. If you would like to give, go to topraise.org forward slash give. Again, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. Continue to pray with us and for us as we continue to spread this gospel of Jesus Christ around the world. God bless you.